Hey guys, and thanks for checking out this episode of the John Campia Show podcast, the audio-only version of the John Campia Show on YouTube. This episode was recorded on Thursday, August the 20th, 2020, titled First Official Look at the Batman Logo and Art. And now, let's get to our episode. Let's get to one off the top before we get into all the other stuff. And this is literally something that just dropped about a half hour ago that a lot of us are going to be very interested. Now, of course, we know Matt Reeves's The Batman uh, is coming. We, we know that. Robert Pattinson's there. Very big on that. They've got a terrific cast. Uh, lined up across the board in that we know he's going a little more gritty we've already seen some kind of uh, snapshots from behind the scenes taken well today as you can see from behind me there today we've had the first official look at the official logo what matt reeves released on twitter is what he is calling the official logo of the new batman movie uh, which we see there Im immediately and some specific key art made by Jim Lee himself, who actually made some art for it uh, that is supposed to be representative. Now, of course, this black and white drawing is not going to be in the movie, uh, as far as we know, but a Jim Lee's uh, iteration, if you will, of what we're seeing in this new movie, the logo there. I, You know, I, I got to tell you, to me, the Batman costume is the Batman costume. I, I don't really care. As long as I can look at the costume and say, oh, yeah, that's clearly Batman. I don't really care. Some people... It's a big deal to them if it's, is it black or is it gray or is it gray number 43 or is it gray number 47? I mean, I don't really care, to be honest. <laughs> and the bat symbol is another thing. I don't really care as long as I can look at it and instantly identify it as the bat symbol. I don't care if it's a thinner one. I don't care if it's a fat one. I, I really don't care. It makes no difference to how good or bad a movie is. But I will say, when I first saw this new iteration of the bat symbol, which is reflective of some other versions we've seen before... I was like, yeah, whatever. But I got to admit, it is growing on me even more. And I think it's almost representative of the type of Batman that we're going to be getting. So, yeah, listen, all this is is art. OK, all it is is art. This is not this logo and this Jim Lee sketch is not going to make Matt Reeves's Batman movie one iota better or one iota worse. I know that. OK, so I'm not saying it. All I'm saying is. I'm liking this art. I think the art looks really cool and I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. Aaron, it's funny when you look at fan bases because we get excited about the littlest thing. Sure. Like if there's a new Marvel movie coming out, ooh, Kevin Feige just tweeted a picture of Thor's toe. Woo! And everybody loses their <laughs> mind and the same thing. But but it is pretty cool when you get to start seeing your first tangible you know, evidence of life of a project we've been looking forward to. Anyway, you haven't had a chance to take a look at this art. What do you think of it? Well, just to piggyback on what you were saying, it can also have the opposite reaction, such as the case of the Wonder Woman television show, where the sneak peek of Wonder Woman's right. costume pretty much made that pilot dead in the water. Um, you know, here's what I really enjoy. I like the logo. I like it because it really gives us an idea that we are going dark, dark, dark on this. In fact, even the you know the font alone for the batman but the bat itself the bat itself is not so crisp as we're used to seeing there's not a lot of clean lines i'm looking like over your shoulder at, at the logo behind you right. and it almost looks as what i'm imagining when i look at that is 
a is someone who has clearly gone down a hole of uh, insanity and in a schizophrenic rage, taken a piece of charcoal and just done a sketch of a bat, you know, and, and that's what I'm seeing here. As far as the costume itself, you know, the only way that I can even see that it's the Batman is because of his little bat ears and his little, you know, bat mouth, which I hope he has an ability to speak because the Christian Bale when it was like, was his face was like that the whole time. <laughs> but I'm getting more Punisher vibes from this costume. I am I totally off base in that? You know, he's got the look. I don't know. There's something more Punisher. Maybe it's even his Thomas Jane sort of gait. But the popped collar, I... I I'm going to need to see this costume in action before I have more of a clear um, uh, vision of how it's going to play out. I, I love the logo. I need to see see a little bit more of the costume for well, me, for me to really to, to, to get on board. Because like I said, I'm just getting some Punisher vibes, which shows me how dark they're going. And I love that angle. But eh, I don't know. Remember, the Batman himself went through the, a major metamorphic because there have been about 70 to 100 different iterations of the batman costume right. throughout the years but batman himself went through his biggest metamorphosis in the 80s i, I can't remember if it was the early mid late 80s or early 1990s but I, i'm gonna say mid 80s was when the dark knight the the famous graphic novel came out that looked at an older batman it really changed the way because it, in the dark knight returns it was this graphic novel that came out that fundamentally changed the way everybody looked at Batman. Mm. It, suddenly, he was this dark creature of the night. And not Bam Pow. And not Bam. I mean, I mean they had changed since the Adam West days. Sure. They had evolved, but it was really that Dark Knight Returns graphic novel that kind of changed the way, and he kind of became that way. Now, different. sometimes we get iterations that are more reflective of that. Sometimes we don't. But it's going to be really interesting. See, we already have heard Matt Reeves say that they are going more. They're going to investigate more into the aspects of the detective dimension of Batman, because of course he's known as the great detective. They're gonna go more into that. They're gonna make it feel a little more grounded and gritty. Anyway, how much this logo tells us, who knows? Maybe this is very telling of what we can expect from the movie. Maybe it's just a flat piece of art, but whatever, I like it. Question is guys, what do you think about this new official Batman, sorry, the Batman logo and this Jim Lee accompanying artwork that goes along with it? I know it makes no difference to how good or bad the movie is, but I just think it's really good artwork. What do you guys think about it? Jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down and out of the way, let's move into our main topics today. And how do we select our main topics here on the John Campy Show? Well, it's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with them by going anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely and totally free. Hit submit. And then maybe, just maybe, you might see your topic or question featured as a main topic here on the John Campia Show. With that down, Let's move into main topic number one. And our first main topic today gets submitted to us by Edwin Tilson, who writes, Hey, John, just wondering if you saw that Hugh McGregor, Tilda Swinton, and Kate Blanchett 
have joined the Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio movie. It's a killer cast, although I'm a little skeptical since it's going to be a Netflix movie. And the only one of those I ever really liked was Roma in 2018. And I'm actually one of the only guys in the world that didn't like Roma. Really? Yeah, I thought Roma was a snore fest, but almost everybody else I know loved it. So, and it's artistically beautiful, but I, I didn't like Roma. Anyway, still, it's a great lineup of talent in front of and behind the camera what do you think all right thanks a lot for sending that in man and yeah in case you guys didn't see the news of course we've known for a little while that Guillermo del Toro was working on this Pinocchio movie now one of the main things to keep in mind though this is not a live action movie you got to remember that because I'm seeing some people are, are confusing this. It's not a live action movie. Anyway, here's the official announcement that came out. This comes to us from the folks at Variety who write, Guillermo del Toro uh, has cast Hugh McGregor, who apparently is going to be Jiminy Cricket, uh, Tilda Swinton, hmm. Kate Blanchett, yeah. David Bradley, and uh, I love David Bradley, by the way, and Finn Wolfhard, of course, from uh, Stranger Things in Pinocchio, his upcoming stop motion animation musical feature for Netflix. Newcomer Gregory Mann will star as Pinocchio with McGregor as Cricket and Bradley as Geppetto. Of course, Bradley from the Harry Potter movies and he was in uh, Game, of Thrones. Game of Thrones and The Strain. I thought he was great in The Strain. Anyway, other cast members include Christoph Waltz, two-time Academy Award winner, John Turturro, who's great, Ron Perlman, who is great, um, Tim Blake Nelson, who is also great, and Bern Gorman. So that's what's coming. So it, it's, it's an animated uh, basic kind of film and that's fine. I'm going to be honest with you. I, for those of you who've watched me for any period of time, you know I don't get incredibly amped, even if it's my favorite stars. I don't get incredibly amped finding out certain celebrities are voicing mm -hmm. certain characters. Like, unless it's Mike Myers returning as Shrek, or, or Tom Hanks coming back as the voice of Woody, I generally don't get excited about that. It's, it's like, okay, we're going to hear their voices, and I'm sure they're going to do good, but whatever. I love New McGregor, and you know what? If it is musical, Ewan McGregor is in one of my all-time favorite movies with uh, Moulin Rouge, in which he shocked the world and me about how well he can actually sing. So oh. I'll look forward to, to hearing him sing a little bit. So this is good, but I am like you. I share your skepticism a little bit for a couple of reasons. Number one, while Netflix is one of the best in the world at creating original series, their original movies, their track record for me is spotty to be to be generous, let's say spotty. Uh, Irishman was great. I really liked Old Guard. Eh, I'm struggling to find anything else I liked very much that they do as far as original movies go. So there's that. It's not live action. I would have been more interested in this if it was live action, but still it's pretty original. Guillermo del Toro likes to do different stuff. And it is an incredible array of talent. So I will go so far to say here, Aaron, that I am interested in the film. I'm interested. I, I wouldn't say I'm excited about it at this point, though, but that could change very quickly once we see some sort of marketing. Anyway, Aaron, you heard this announcement. You see this lineup. What are your thoughts on this? So, first of all, the thing for me that's bringing me into this movie has nothing to do with the cast at all. I'm like you. If it's, you know, if it's not going to be live action, there are so many incredibly talented voice actors who would be just as valuable to this project um, as 
Kate Blanchett or anyone else would be. For me, the thing that draws me into this is the imagination of Guillermo del Toro. And I'm blanking on his name right now. I looked it up this morning just to be sure so I could say it. But the Fantastic Mr. Fox uh, co-creator is also working on this. And uh, mm. Did you see Fantastic Mr. Fox? I did. Oh, it's yeah. It's so good. And I loved it. It was so exciting the way that they... Anyway, I love that project. So to hear that these two incredibly talented and imaginative creators were coming together, that's all I need to be interested in this project. And I don't know if you're aware of what's going on with SAG-AFTRA right now, but um, just last week, the health plan pretty much kicked off a ton of people. Um, And so there are literally thousands and thousands of performers who are not going to have health insurance um, next year. And it's a really big deal and people are losing their minds and freaking out, rightfully so. And so I'm going, you know, yeah, like I, I get it. It's wonderful that you have this big star-studded cast, but there are, are that's not going to be the reason why people tune into this. No one's going to say, "Oh my goodness, Kate Blanchett's voice! I must see this project." Um, I also think it's a little well. It, it's weird to me that, especially given that it is not live action, that there's not a single person of color in the entire cast. You know, when like I mean, I, I look at people like Javier Bardem would have been. So such a beautiful addition. You know, if you want to go star studded, there are many people to choose from outside of the, you know, very well established, already secure in their big mansions, all white cast that we have. That being said, I do love Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things. Um, I think he's great. Um, the one thing that I am happy about the f- as regarding this being uh, not live action and being stop motion is, uh, uh, sorry, Bradley. Um, you just said uh, Bradley. I just know him as. You're talking about the guy from. Um, yes, all uh, yes, Walter Thomas? Frey. Oh, I David c- Bradley. Yeah, David Bradley. Walter Frey as Geppetto is the most terrifying thing I could possibly imagine. So when I realized that it was stop motion and not live action, I actually breathed a sigh of relief because you know it's going to be dark if it's Guillermo del Toro, but oh, sweet baby Jesus, if it was Walter Frey live action as Geppetto, I don't think that I could ever sleep again if I saw that. So uh, I'm, I'm very intrigued. I'm excited. But again, it's all about Guillermo del Toro for me. Like, I don't really need all the rest of the stars. All right, guys. Question for you then is, what do you think about this announcement? Do you like the the cast line? I mean, it is incredible talent that they're lining up for this thing. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Do you like what you're seeing? Are you kind of like me? It's like, eh, we'll see what it is when it comes around. I don't know. You're right. Guillermo del Toro is the attraction part to here because it's coming from his creative mind. What do you guys think about it? Jump down into the comment section below and let me know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down and out of the way, let's move on to main topic number two. And our second main topic today gets submitted to us by Aaron, which I'm guessing is a <laughs> reference to one of my all-time favorite Key and Peele uh, sketches. Aaron. Anyway, uh, hello, John and Aaron. If she's there today, she is yes, here Yes, she is. So despite the pandemic still being around, it looks like Hollywood is slowly coming back to life. Theaters are starting to reopen, uh, and movie and TV shows are starting production again. I noticed that Variety is reporting that The Batman is starting up production again in September. With movies like Avatar 2, uh, Jurassic World Dominion, and now Batman starting up production again, what do you think this signals, or do you think that this signals 
everything is getting back to normal. All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And does this signal that everything is getting back to normal? No. Uh, Straight up, no. But again, it's like the way you described it in your letter. It's starting to come back to life. It's starting. Now, we're going to be heading into an area that and into a time period where it's going to be very, very important and key to see what happens during this reopening stage. And yes, they just announced that Batman is going back into production, which is a key step. This is from Variety who writes, the Batman will resume shooting in early September, so in just a few weeks, uh, in the UK at Warner Brothers Studio Levinson, according to insiders. The comic book adventure was uh, roughly seven weeks. That's a good chunk. Some some entire movies only shoot for seven weeks. Uh, Was roughly seven weeks into production when filming had to be halted in March due to the coronavirus pandemic. The Batman, which is which is said to be a grittier and more realistic take on the Dark Knight mythos, has approximately three months of material left to shoot, which makes it a long principal photography mm-hmm. shoot. It could potentially be wrapped by the end of 2020. So, yeah, they're getting back to it. They're starting to start. Like you said, other big major projects have already gone back into production, right? We Things like Jurassic World Dominion is shooting again. Things like Avatar 2 is already shooting again. There's a lot of projects going on, a lot of strict safety procedures being put into place to make sure everybody stays safe. And it's going to be really interesting to see in the coming weeks if these safety procedures that they're putting in place for these sets are effective. We're seeing in the sports world, in the NBA right now, the NBA bubble, you know, where they brought all the athletes together, they stay in the same place, they stay in their hotels, everybody's tested every day, blah, blah. It's been a big success so far. It's been a big success so far. If these movie sets can replicate that success, then it could really more open the floodgates for more and more production. And we are seeing more and more production. And yes, the theaters are open again. As a matter of fact, Aaron, I just bought my tickets (gasps) for um, New Mutants next Thursday. Wow. I am driving to New Mexico. Uh, I'm driving to Nevada. <laughs> New- <laughs> Close enough. Oh my gosh, you are doing it. We yeah. talked about that last yep. week. I, I bought my tickets. Uh, uh, Rob and I both got tickets. We're, we're going to drive next Thursday to Las Vegas. To I go- love that I wasn't invited. I, I texted you, asked you if you want a ticket. I never heard back from you. A hundred percent. I did not receive that text. Really? Because we talked about it last week. I know. Oh, That's I, why I'm like feeling a little FOMO. Yeah, I'm like, I'll, I'll show you the thing. Once I saw the tickets, I took. Okay, them. I I, I, like, I don't know how I missed that because you know I'm always down for a road trip. Right. So we're gonna go to Vegas. We're gonna go to this AMC theater in Vegas and then turn around and come right back home. What? But we got my t- I got my tickets, so I'm gonna go see it. So yes, we're seeing theaters are open, but again, I don't think I'm ready. To say that this is the harbinger, you know, Batman starting up shooting again, some theaters in some states reopening. I'm not ready to say here that this is the harbinger, that everything is going back to normal. It's not. I think it brings us into a very important period of time to see what happens. Because listen, if what some people suspect will happen, if we see new surges and people going to theaters to cause new cases and we see these movie sets have 15 people on set catch catch coronavirus, well, then that's going to kill it pretty quick. If, however, we can have the success like we've had with the NBA and UFC and other sports organizations other than baseball, uh, who has completely botched the way they've done this, <laughs> um, if, if, if we see success, then it could lead to more, you know sets reopening theaters reopening things like that but no i'm not ready at this point to say that batman reshooting is the harbinger of everything's now going back to normal 
We are simply not a nice sign. Yes. Does it give us something to hope for? Yes. Are we ready to say things are ready to go back to normal? Absolutely not. Not at this point. Anyway, Aaron, particularly as an actress yourself, to now sit back and see certain productions slowly creeping back into production themselves, seeing some theaters reopening, some television shows have begun, uh, have, have, uh, uh, restarted Resumed. shooting and, and mm-hmm. things like that. First of all, what's your reaction to seeing these things going back into production? And where do you think that puts us right now? Like, are we in a very hopeful spot? Are we in a still, we don't know, we got to wait and see? Are we in a more skeptical? Like, how do you see this whole thing? Well, I think one the, the, the first thing that we have to look at when we're talking about any production going back to filming uh, is where is it filming? You know, we hear about projects that are filming in New Zealand and they're resuming. Well, obviously, the reports about the, you know, COVID in New Zealand have been that for the most part, outside of the most recent outbreak, that, you know, they've done a very good job about containing it. You know, the UK, I haven't checked their stats lately, but. You know, that's where the Batman is being filmed right now. A lot of the Vancouver productions I mean, I, I have friends that are up in uh, in 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 Canada to shoot Lifetime movies or to shoot, you know, projects for the CW. And they are all uh, I mean, in fact, I saw I was looking at the breakdowns last night for a project. Um, I believe it. Oh, Batwoman. Yeah. So I was looking at um, a breakdown for a role in Batwoman. Not I'm not what they're looking for. That's OK. But uh it said that the shoot date would be September 28th, but that the actor should be prepared to fly on September 10th. And it said in time to quarantine wardrobe, hair and makeup. So what's going on with a lot of these projects specifically in Canada and that are shooting outside of the United States is that they are flying the actors and essential crew people to the location two weeks early literally either putting them in a house or putting them all in the same hotel where they don't leave at all. Like they're not allowed to leave. They have to sign contracts saying that, you know, they won't leave and all their food will be delivered and they'll only work out at the gym in the hotel or whatever. They're quarantining for several weeks and then they're starting production. And that's how those productions outside of the U.S. are happening. Now, as far as productions in Los Angeles, New York, Georgia, I mean, all the places that we're used to filming. I'm in a TBD state. You know, I was talking to Jason George yesterday, who is on the show Station 19, which is a spinoff of Grey's Anatomy. And he said that that he's being told that they're shooting next week, that he's supposed to be getting tested every single day. That's where I go. I don't really know about that, because a lot of shows are saying, oh, we're coming back next week. This is us is supposedly coming back next week as far as going back into filming. You know, that's going to be way more challenging because you can't quarantine people. You can't tell people, yeah, you're going to drive to work and then you can't see your spouse or your kids at home. You're going to drive to work and you can't go to the grocery store. You just can't do that. So uh, I think it's really important that we look at where these projects are filming. Anything outside of the United States, they have a little bit more control of how their cast and crew behaves because if anybody's flying in from the U.S., they can quarantine. Anything in L.A., New York, Georgia, I'm just not so sure. Yeah, we'll just I mean, have to it'll, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens next week. I like as even I was looking at you know what what I have to do as a Canadian 
to travel back to Canada to check in oh, with yeah. my mom and dad. And it's, I, I think it's a 15 day quarantine. I have to, to go enter just for entering. Canada. I will say that it's apparently really nice. A girlfriend of mine is from Vancouver and she was calling me from her like quarantine bunker. Yeah. yeah. And They're she was like, I want to, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, wow, Canada's quarantine. Not so bad. Canada's a pretty good place. Yes, it is. I'm a little biased, but it's a pretty good place. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think? Number one, it's great to hear that the Batman is going back into production so we maybe can get this thing on time. But what do you think about this? Do you think it and a few other projects going to production means, hey, everything's going back to normal? Or are you a little bit more realistic and thinking, you know what? (laughs) We're not there yet. Let's see how this all unfolds. Where are you, your thoughts on this right now? Jump into the comment section below and let me know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number three, shall we? And our third main topic today gets submitted to us by Eric Huffman. And Eric Huffman writes, Happy No Pants Thursday, John and Aaron. Well, thank you so much, Eric. Uh, Deadline is reporting that Olivia Wilde has been hired to direct a Marvel movie for Sony, with some speculation that the film will be about Spider-Woman. I thought Booksmart was one of the top five movies of 2019, so this is beyond exciting to me. What are your thoughts on the hire, and what does this say about Sony's plans to continue milking their Marvel properties? (laughs) All right, thanks a lot for sending this in, man. And listen, first things first, let's get to what this story is. So some of you may have been seeing these headlines. Olivia Wilde doing a uh, Spider-Verse movie, many speculating it's going to be Spider-Woman. Where's all this coming from? Well, it comes to us from Deadline, actually. And this is what Deadline had to say about it. Deadline wrote, Sony Pictures is not only growing its slate of Universe of Marvel characters, Spunk, remember that, uh, characters, but it's building on the female characters at the center of it and looks to have landed one of the sought-after female directors in Hollywood. Sources tell Deadline that Olivia Wilde has closed a deal to direct, close the deal, that's key, to direct and develop a secret Marvel film project revolving around a female character in the universe. While not confirmed, it is expected that the story will be centered on Spider-Woman. Now, of course, Spider-Woman has had several iterations uh, in the comics. Uh, Mary Jane Watson has been Spider-Woman. Gwen Stacy has been Spider-Woman. There was another girl whose name I forget, who I think was like the original Spider-Woman. Maybe they go this way, maybe they go that way. Maybe they do another character altogether. Listen, I'm not going to lie. I went into watching Booksmart thinking that it kind of looked on the surface to be a poor man super bad. What Booksmart actually ended up being was, I don't know, the rich man super bad, a much more intelligent version of super bad. And I like super bad. You heard me talking about super bad the other day. I really like it. Booksmart was a better version of super bad which I didn't even realize this when I saw the movie, but one of the lead girls was actually Jonah Hill's sister. I had no <laughs> idea. so crazy. I had no idea about that at the it's time. It's like a mirror universe. It, it was weird. What a li- And you know what it was? It was the performances were great, but it was all direction. It was all direction. The, the charm and the heart and the, the timing of everything, it was beautifully done. Every creative decision was used to maximum effect. And it was Olivia Wilde's feature film directorial debut. She's direct. She had directed a few other things, but this was her feature film directorial. And I could not have been more blown away. I couldn't have been more blown away. Now she's got this other movie coming out called Don't Worry Darling, which is more of a a thriller set in the 50s, but she's got people like Chris Pine, Shia LaBeouf, herself, Florence Pugh, Dakota Johnson. So, I mean, she's got other people lined up to be in that as well. So that's exciting. 
But now, and maybe even more importantly, we've got her doing this. And the speculation is Spider-Woman. Okay, if Deadline is saying they expect it to be Spider-Woman, let's keep in mind it could be somebody else. It could be another character altogether. Fine. But I think we can go on the assumption, at least for now, until we hear otherwise or are corrected otherwise, let's go on the assumption that it's Spider-Woman. It makes sense. Sony is really trying to expand this universe. They, they, they massively. We've already had Venom. We've got Morbius that should have been out in theaters already, but Morbius is coming. You know, we're hearing rumors about Craven as well. But on top of that, they're also exploring the under the other gender leads, right? We've already got now we know that Spider-Woman is coming from Olivia Wilde. We got Madam Web, which I still think is a really odd choice to do as a movie, but let's see what their iterate. I also thought Guardians of the Galaxy was an odd choice to do as a movie, and look how that turned out. But from SJ Clarkson is doing that. And according to the report in Deadline, while a lot of us, including me, kind of thought Silver and Black had been thrown away. Apparently, Silver and Black is still in the cards for them at this point. They are still looking at doing a Silver and Black movie on top of all the other properties they're doing. Sony is going all in on this Spider-Man-less Spider-Verse. And I'll tell you what, I couldn't be happier about it. I personally could not be happier about it. I, I really like what we're seeing here. So anyway, that's just me. Um, at any rate... Aaron, you've had a chance to hear about this. I, I know, you know, you have your thoughts. So what do you think about this idea of Olivia Wilde and kind of going? I thought she was going to go all indie films for a while, but she's making that jump into a big tentpole project. What do you think about this? Well, I want to just correct deadline on one little thing. When they say that she's, you know, the high, the, one of the most sought after female directors, I think that let's 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 switch that up a bit. She is period right now one of the most sought after directors period in Hollywood. Everybody's talking about her. Everybody wants to work with her. And so uh, she is. She really solidified herself, like you said, in Booksmart with a little indie that she had total creative control over. The claymation scene, if you have not seen Booksmart, you got to watch it for the claymation scene alone. It is one of my favorite parts of the movie. But now she's saying, hey, not only can I have creative control and tell this really interesting independent film, but also I'm going to show you that I can be given a massive budget and a franchise and I can work within that world. She's diversifying as one does with a stock portfolio. She is diversifying her director portfolio, which is a brilliant move on her part, especially this early in her directing career. Um, and as far as, you know, the the idea of her directing Spider-Woman, I don't think that she left any room for doubt when she retweeted the Deadline article and just put a little spider emoji. You know, they were like saying it's going to be a revolving around a female character. And I also, you know, I had a conversation. Somebody um, tweeted at me this morning saying because the last time we talked about how it was like, oh, a female centric movie. And I said that I hated that term female centric. I am a feminist and I find it very patronizing when the term female centric is used. Um, but what I what I corrected is this. They didn't use the term female centric when they say revolves around a female character. I look at that more like we're dangling a carrot. You know, we're letting you know we're giving you just a little hint. We're not virtue signaling. We're just we're, we're, we're carrot dangling and we're giving you a little hint. And then all of a sudden, everybody goes nuts and they're like, oh, my God, who are some of the female characters that we haven't explored that might be really exciting? Um, now, with the spider, yes, it could be Madam Web. Personally, 
I would really love to see what someone, little throwback to our earlier conversation, like Guillermo del Toro would do with a Madam Web. They ha- you said they have a director attached to Madam yes, Web? Yes, Ashley Clarkson, yeah. Okay. I'm sure that she'll be great as well. Um, but like Madam Web is really dark and gritty. I find, especially with Olivia Wilde and her cheeky sense of humor, I feel like Spider Woman could almost have some of the dark humor that Deadpool does. I know yeah. that it's totally crossing over and it's not the same world and everything, but I feel like especially Spider-Woman has uh, has this really cool look about her, but I feel like in infusing her with a dark, witty sense of uh, just a, a dark wit would be so fun as well. Um, I will not see it in theaters until I have at minimum five people guarantee that I won't have to see any actual SPIDERs <laughs> in it. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this and, and, and I just can't wait to see how it develops and good on Olivia Wilde. Good uh, for her. And I'll tell you what, Olivia Wilde, I first met Olivia Wilde at the premiere in San Diego of uh, Cowboys and Aliens. Oh, yeah. Which was awful. Um, <laughs> That's but, and so that was that was cool and everything. But then, th- do you remember that uh, Steve Carell, Steve Buscemi movie, uh, The Fabulous or Wonderful Burt Wonderstone, where he was a Las Vegas Yeah, magician? he was a magician. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Vegas. Anyway, I didn't see it. Olivia it did not. Wilde was, was one of the other key stars in there. Okay. And they actually brought a bunch of journalists uh, out to Las Vegas, where they held the press junket at a hotel in Vegas, which w- was appropriate. But one of the interesting things about that kind of press event was it was like two days, and you actually just got to hang out with everybody. I actually got to hang out in Steve Carell's hotel room with him, just sit down and, and chat with him and, and whatever. And I got to have drinks with Olivia Wilde. Really, uh, she was, seems like a she just seems like a great person. I am. T- I'm going to tell you what I did not know what to expect because Olivia Wilde, I mean, look, I don't, I don't care what your what preferences and tastes are, male or female, she is one of the most stunning creatures yes. to walk the face of the earth, male or female. Yeah. Like, there, there's something disarming about just how attractive she is. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd seen her in Tron as well and whatever, so you're just like, oh my right. gosh, and she's going to be this whatever. And I wasn't prepared for how kind of tomboyish and goofy mm-hmm. and whatever it is. And then after I, I had a chance to talk to her for like 20 minutes, I realized she's with Jason Sudeikis. What was I thinking she was going to be like? Right. right? I mean, if you she's, know she's going to be fine. I if there's ever a couple you want to have a double date with, I feel like yes. it's Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis. That's a that's a great date. And I totally should have figured that. But she, you'd be surprised just how truly geeky and kind of like, just like casual and kind of goofy. I was... I walked away from that like such a, a big fan. But again, I never would have thought, as I normally don't of just actors, like, oh, this actor will make a great director. But man, what she she has done so far, I'm really looking forward to seeing Don't Worry, Darling. I, it just, if Again, if anything is going to be like what she did with Booksmart, I think we're in for something. It's going to be really, really interesting to see. Question is for you guys. What do you think about this? About First of all, there's a couple of pieces of information all wrapped up in this one story. Sony's got another movie coming that's probably going to be Spider-Woman. It's being directed by Olivia Wilde. How are you guys feeling about this? I'm very excited about it. Jump down into the comments section below and let me know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down and out of the way, let's now move on to our fourth and final main topic today, shall we? And our fourth and final main topic today gets submitted to us by Richard Fleming, who writes, Hey, John. 
So DC fandom has split into two separate days that are three weeks apart, which is idiotic. It is rather strange. I'll admit that. Uh, but I'm still looking forward to it. I wanted to know what you think the main announcements slash trailers are going to be that we're going to get on the 22nd. Also, did you see the special to be announced panel is now gone? Hmm. Anyway, what do you think? All right. Thanks for saying that in, man. And of course, one of the bigger things coming up on the on, you know, the fan sphere calendar is, of course, DC fandom that is happening on Saturday. It's just a few days away now. Now, while it honestly doesn't look like much of a fan event to me, it does look like it's going to be spectacular in terms of announcements and footage that they're going to show. What is interesting here is that if you guys remember a couple of days ago, Robert Meyer Burnett and I were on here and we were, you know, being really critical of the fact that you look at a lot of these panels that they're doing, like Wonder Woman 84, which Wonder Woman 84 is fine. That one's like a 25 minute panel. That's like the longest one, but like Aquaman, the Aquaman panel, you know, the panel for Aquaman is 10 minutes. Yeah. 10 minutes. That's not a fan event. Mm -mm. That's. That's freaking, that's just a press release. That's just a glorified press conference. You're making, you're dressing it up and pretending it's a fan event, but it's just a glorified press conference. Well, well, a couple of things have changed. Number one, that one to be announced panel is gone. I don't really think that affects anything. I honestly don't. I think whatever they were going to announce in that to be announced panel, I think they'll just announce it as a part of another panel. I really do. So I don't really think that affects anything, to be honest with you. The other thing that sort of changed, though, is they've split it into two days and they've moved one to three weeks later. Why three weeks? I have no idea. That is kind of stupid. Why Why it's not just the next day? It's all pre-recorded nonsense anyway. Three weeks away, but whatever. They are. But here's what's interesting. What's really interesting is, and I don't know if this is new or I don't know if this was there before and none of us noticed it. But you'll notice that on Sunday or on Saturday, September the 12th, we have things like a Q&A with the cast of Suicide Squad. It's not going to be part of the Suicide Squad panel. That's that's coming up in a couple of days. But in three weeks, they're doing a Q&A Suicide Squad panel. They're doing a fan Q&A with the cast and crew of the movie of The Flash. They're doing a fan Q&A with the cast and crew of Shazam. So while they're doing these panels in a few days that are only really short, now they're also doing these things. Now, these may have been there before, but me and a few other people were talking about how I had no idea this was there, and nobody had mentioned this to me. So I don't know if this is new or if this is just there already. To me, this is great. This is great news. Because what this does, look, fan Q&A with the cast and crew of the WB series, a fan Q&A of the cast and crew of Wonder Woman 84. This is fabulous because what this does here is this addresses what my critiques were about the panel. It's like, come on, you're calling it a fan event? Let the fans interact. You're calling it a fan event. Have them take questions from the audience, blah, blah, blah. And otherwise, it's just a press event. But if they're going to have this Honestly, that makes me happy. That that to me that solves everything. This is exactly this now to me, this makes it a true fan event. Before it wasn't. Now it is. This is now a fan event. I think it's wonderful that they're doing this. Why they don't just all wrap it up into one thing? I don't know. You had them all there anyway. 
but they've split it into two things. That's fine too. It addresses it. One thing, let me do say this though. Let me say this. One thing that I find kind of funny, I don't know if you've noticed this, Aaron, but fans, sports, movies, TV, Harry Potter, DC, Star Wars, fans can be very apologetic about the thing that is the source of their fandom. Like they will defend no matter how ridiculous, how stupid, how dumb something that the object of their fandom does, they'll find a way to defend it. We all do it. All fans do it. I particularly find, I got to say, that Marvel and DC fans in particular do this. And you know I am both a Marvel and a DC fan, but I find Marvel and DC fans are very quick to be apologists for this. Let me just give you this example. I'm a part of a couple of online discussion groups, right? I'm sure many of us are. And I remember I was in this online discussion group with some with some people that I that I chat with. After Rob and I did that show, really criticizing DC fandom for the fact that 10 minute panels, that's not a fan event, right? And we, we were complaining about it. And I had these people saying to me, oh, come on, John. It's, no, it's perfect. 10 minutes is perfect. <laughs> I, we don't need, we want all killer, no filler. 10 minutes is perfect. That's a, that's a perfect. I just want to hear the announcements and the things. And like my argument was, well, yeah, but then it's not a fan event. It's just a press release. But I had I had these these friends of mine who were in these chat forums saying, John, it's perfect. 10 minutes is perfect. This is exactly what it should be. Then last night, as we were in there talking about these things being there, because they didn't notice that this was there before either. So again, I, I, I'm right now, I don't know if this is new or if it was there before and they just didn't notice it. But these people I was talking with, they didn't notice it before either. These same people who just a couple of days earlier were telling me, oh, no, 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 10 minutes is perfect. This is exact. I don't want it to be longer than that. I don't want it to be longer than that. 10 minutes is perfect. When we noticed this, they were like, isn't this amazing? We get a longer Q&A with the fans. Like, more filler, more filler. Like, Wait a minute, time out. Two days ago, you were telling me you didn't want it to be longer, that it was perfect. Oh, but now that they're doing this stuff, now that they're doing the Q&A, now they're doing the Q&A is perfect. Anyway. I swear to God, Marvel and DC fans would find a way because I find I find both equally do this and I'm a part of both, but I find both equally do this. Marvel and DC fans, if Kevin Feige or Zack Snyder, for that matter, walked up and spunked in their mother's face, oh, they would come up really, with a way of saying, John. oh, but it's going to be good for her skin. Oh, yeah, Lord. yeah, it's great. It's going to be wonderful. Think about the, the, the nutrients and the moisturizer. It's going to be wonderful. Oh, Seriously, no. that's what they would do. That's what they would do. If, if Kevin Feige or doesn't matter what Kevin Feige does, doesn't matter what anybody at DC does, if they could do the stupidest, dumbest thing and the Marvel the people and the DC people will come up with a way to defend it and say, no, no, it's perfectly good. It's perfectly fine. I think this stuff is all fantastic because I think this stuff here addresses every single concern I was voicing the other day. All the problems I had with the way they were handling that, this is an answer to all of that. And I think this is fantastic. And I'm very excited now for honestly, even though I think it's dumb that they're doing it three weeks later, mm -hmm. I am personally obviously very excited, number one, to hear what the announcements and the trailers are. But I am also very excited. I love these Q&A things. I eat these things up. So I'm very excited to see what they're going to be doing here with these Q&A things. Now, as far as what are they going to announce? What are they going to announce? Let's talk about that for a moment. 
about what are going to be the things that they do announce and what are going to be the, the pieces of footage that they do show. Okay. I want us to look at a couple of possibilities and then I want us to break them into one of five categories. Not going to happen. Unlikely. Maybe. Likely. Absolutely. Okay. So those are going to be, the, we're going to take every one of these things and break them down into those little categories here. So, okay. So let's bring up the, the, the classroom here, shall we? Let's bring up the classroom. <laughs> oh, wow. PowerPoint. I love it. So let's look at a couple of things here first. Let's start, let's start with a few. Let's start with these ones. Justice League trailer, of course, is the Snyder Cut trailer. Henry Cavill's return as Superman being announced or a Black Adam antagonist being announced. Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League trailer, that's an absolute. I mean, they, they've already announced that that's going to be coming. They've already announced that that's going to be happening. So with the Justice League trailer, we'll call that one A for absolute. Absolute. Henry Cavill's return as Superman. I'm going to call that likely. I'm going to give that uh, a, a likely. I still believe, even though they're not, they're no longer doing the uh, to be announced panel, I still believe Henry Cavill's return to Superman is going to be announced. Look, we already know because of the major trades that DC and Henry Cavill were in negotiations for his return to Superman. I think they will make it official. But again, I'm not going to call it absolutely. I'm going to call it likely. Black Adam antagonist. I'm also going to list that one as likely. You know, we are getting a Black Adam panel. I believe we're going to hear what is going on with Black Adam because obviously Black, but John Black Adam's a villain. Remember, he's going to be an anti-hero in this thing. So we're going to have an antagonist for Black Adam. And so I think that one is likely. All right, let's move on to the next three things and break these ones down. The Flash movie will be announced with a title and the basic concept of the movie. A new Wonder Woman 84 trailer and Wonder Woman 3 being announced. All right. As far as the Flash thing, I'm going to say absolutely. They're doing a panel for the new Flash movie. At minimum, you got to give us a title and the basic idea about what the movie is. Not some in-depth synopsis or anything, but I think they're at least going to give us a basic idea, whether they're going to call it Flashpoint or whatever. I think it is an absolute that we're going to get the title, and I think it's an absolute we're going to get the basic idea. Beyond that, I'm not quite sure. Wonder Woman 84 trailer, a new one. You know what? I was going to say likely before, but I just heard that there is actually a new Wonder Woman 84 trailer that they're going to be putting in theaters. Um, and so I have absolutely no doubt that the first place, you can't have DC fandom right. not <clears throat> debut this trailer there. So I'm going to go so far as to say, and you know, I can't wait to see what Patty Jenkins is going to do with that one. I'm going to give that one an absolute. As far as Wonder Woman 3 being announced, I'm going to call that likely. And the reason I'll call it likely is because we already heard Patty Jenkins say publicly that she plans on doing another Wonder Woman movie after this one. One more and one more only. Like she said, three and then I'm done. But she's already said publicly she's going to do that. So I think the announcement of Wonder Woman 3, I'm going to call likely. All so right. can you, I'm sorry, to, what is yeah. the difference between Patty Jenkins saying I'm going to do a third Wonder Woman and the announcement of a third Wonder Woman? What's the difference between those two things? I think one goes from concept to to actually the, the studio comes up and says, yep, we're going to do it. Okay. I, I think so. I, I, so I think that is likely because we've, we've heard lots of directors before say, sure. I'm going to do this and yeah. then it never actually happens. So I think they're actually going to announce. Remember, Wonder Woman 84 was already supposed to be in theater. So I think they're ready to probably announce another one. All right. Next three, just got a couple more to go here. Next three, first Batman teaser footage, CW Flash announces that the next season is going to be the final season, and Aquaman 2 gets a title 
and basic synopsis announced. All right, as far as the first Batman footage goes, I'm going to give that one an absolute. Uh, yeah, they're, they're definitely, look, they showed the first teaser trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy at Comic-Con when they had only been shooting Guardians of the Galaxy for one week. This Batman movie has had seven weeks of shooting and months of time to prep some kind of sizzle reel. So, <laughs> and not to mention the Batman panel at DC Fandom is the longest panel they have. It's 30 minutes long. I think you got to say it's an absolute that we're going to get Batman teaser, either a teaser or footage or whatever. CW Flash, I've heard it being floated that this next season of Flash is going to be the final season. The lead actor for Flash, Grant Gustin, he's entering the final year of his contract. You know, we already saw the Arrow come to an end. They've got other ideas for shows. So there's that. I'm going to give this one a you. I'm going to say it is unlikely. I'm not going to say it's impossible because you're right. Grant Gustin is in the final year of his contract. Yes, we just saw Arrow finish its run as well. Maybe it's time to put this movie. It, it hasn't been as good as it has been in years past, although I really did like this last season. But I, I think it is unlikely. Not no chance, but unlikely that they're going to say that this next season of Flash is the final season. Aquaman getting a title. I don't know. James Wan's busy right now. So I'm not going to say absolute. I think they may talk more at the Aquaman panel just about the original Aquaman movie, but I still think there's a chance. So I'm going to call it likely that Aquaman 2 gets an official title and we hear some not an absolute, but I'm still going to say it's likely. All right, final two things here for us to look at. And I'm sure there are going to be others that you guys can bring up in the chat. Our first look at Suicide Squad. I'm going to go so far as to say absolute. Either it's footage or a teaser. James Gunn is rap principal photography on this thing. Again, when he shot the first Guardians of the Galaxy, they had a teaser to show at Comic-Con after one week of shooting. They finished principal photography. I don't see any reason why they don't show us a full, uh, again, either a teaser or a big scene or something. I do think it's absolute. We're going to get um, our first look at Suicide Squad. And first Batman footage. Well, I didn't I just already do that? Yeah, I don't know why I put that in again. So we'll take that one out. First Batman footage already established. So here's what I think. Justice League trailer. We all know that that's absolute. Henry Cavill return to Superman. I think that's likely. Black Adam antagonist, likely. Flash movie title, uh, absolutely, I'm saying. New Wonder Woman 84 trailer, we already know that that's done, so that's an actual fact. We can check that one off. Wonder Woman 3 gets announced. Not absolute, but I think it's likely. First Batman teaser footage, absolutely. Flash season, final season announcement, I think that is unlikely. Aquaman 2 title gets a uh, uh, gets uh, get a title in the basic synopsis. I think, again, not absolute, but I think it's likely. And our first look at Suicide Squad, I got to go absolute. So let me pass this over to you. Uh, let's see what you have to say about this, Aaron. Okay. Let's run you through this list. So give us a, you know, never going to happen, unlikely, maybe, likely, absolute. Oh, geez. <clears throat> so we'll start with the okay. Justice League trailer. I mean, we that, that's already forward. Yep. Mm -hmm. right? So that that's there. I haven't had a chance to talk to you about Henry Cavill's return to Superman, that they announced Henry Cavill is coming back as Superman and he's going to be either in The Flash or Black Adam or he's got a new standalone Superman movie or whatever, but they're announcing his return. 
You know what? All I like, can you see the joy on my face? Because I cannot wait to go home. And because Tom, my husband. I'm not going to ask why you can't wait to go home thinking about Henry Cavill. I'll, I'll leave that to you. So, whatever. He's already said he's never going to put the Superman cape on again. He's never going to put the costume on again. He's not going to do it. There's not going to be another Avengers. Not be- I mean, he. Like, he just gave me the mamma, like, it was nonstop about how, and so, um, and Tom and I- To be fair, they did make it look like he wasn't coming back before. They they really did. So, But I was like, obviously, I said, he's going to put on the cape again. It's going to happen in some way. No, he's not. He's not. not." Um, So there's like, I'm going to have a little bit of joy whenever I get to go home and be like, see, see. But where do you rank it? it, Do you think it's absolute? Do you think it's likely? Yeah, I think it's very likely. I think it's, I think it's very likely. likely Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Let's go to the rock now for a second. Black Adam, that they're going to announce to the antagonist in the upcoming Black Adam movie. Of course, they said was happening Mm -hmm. five years ago is when they first announced the rock. (laughs) Five years ago is when they first told us The Rock was going to be Black Adam. Do you? What do you think the chances are that they are going to tell us who his foil is going to be in that movie? Um, I well, I what is below most uh, very maybe. likely? I think maybe they're going to give us something. I don't necessarily know if it's going to be the antagonist. Maybe it's a first look. Maybe it's a little, you know, uh, some sort of not a teaser obviously because they haven't shot anything but i i feel like i don't know if it's gonna be the antagonist but i feel like they're gonna obviously tease us with something all right then let's look at the flash they we get a title and a synopsis for the upcoming flash movie which they have not started shooting yet yeah okay so you're gonna go likely or absolute um absolute you're gonna go absolute on that okay wonder woman 84 trailer well they've already we we know that's coming so we we can go go by that that they officially announced that Wonder Woman 3 is officially happening. What would you say to that one? So I don't think it'll happen the first weekend because I think they're going to want to have that exclusively for Wonder Woman 84 trailer. And oh, okay. But then I think that they'll, as, as the Wonder Woman 84 trailer starts uh, rolling out in theaters, then they're going to announce it on the September 12th. Okay, so you're saying you don't think they're going to announce it on this Saturday. I think they're going to, uh, I would want to have this Saturday exclusively for Wonder Woman 84, keep all the focus on that, not try to dilute the enthusiasm over 84 trailer, and then have something following it up so that you would just keep the, the conversation. We keep Wonder Woman in the conversation at not only this first one this Saturday, but also the follow up on the 12th. That would be when I would announce it. All right. First Batman footage or teaser trailer gets released. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I just can't see them, especially with Absolutely. it being the longest panel in 30 minutes. I can't yeah. see that. All right. Them announcing that the upcoming Flash season, which of course is a show you've appeared on, will be the final season. I don't know. So you're gonna go? Know. Are you gonna say maybe on that? You know what? I, I you know, um, <clears throat> I, I, I hate to say it like this to because it sounds really pessimistic. And I'm sorry, I keep clearing my throat. I have something, but I am seeing a lot of actors, and Grant Gustin may be so done with this costume, but. There, I've seen a lot of actors who have s- said, I'm done with this show after this season, that all of a sudden, because of a lot of the uncertainty that's going on, saying, you know what, they threw me a whole bunch of money and I decided to sign on for another year or another two years. I'm not a hundred percent that the show is going to end this season. I could be wrong, but I would not be surprised if we saw one more season or two more seasons. Okay. Aquaman 2. Gets a, of course, which have not started shooting. James Wan, Aquaman two gets a title and a synopsis. No, nah, I don't think so. Really, gonna go? So, do you think they're just gonna focus more on the original Aquaman? And talk about that. I, I just, I mean, 
sorry. I honestly, I don't know enough about Aquaman 2 or what's going on with Aquaman at all to be even have a, a perspective on that. All right. First look at, we get our first footage of suicide, James Gunn's Suicide Squad. I think so. Yeah. All right. So that's yeah. where we're at. So guys, just to highlight, uh, at least I didn't write, I should have written, oh damn, I should have written down uh, your things. But just to highlight my thing, I'm saying Justice League trailer is an absolute. Henry Cavill's return is likely. Black Adam antagonist, likely. Flash movie, uh, getting a title and, and a synopsis, absolute. New Wonder Woman 84 trailer, absolute. Wonder Woman 3 announcement, likely. Uh, first Batman footage, absolute. CW Flash being announced as its final season coming, I think it's unlikely. Aquaman 2 gets a title and basic idea, I'll go likely. And first look at Suicide Squad, I will say is an absolute the question is for you guys what do you think about that and i was so wanting to know what you guys thought about this we even made this the topic of today's question of the day so just before the show started here i put up a poll on the community tab of the youtube channel by the way if you're not signed up already make sure you click that subscribe button become subscriber to the youtube channel and be kept up to date and get notified even when we put up new posts in the community tab and just before the show started i asked you guys this question question of the day which of the following long shot uh announcements do you think will actually be announced at fano so unlikely but long shots I asked you, and I gave you guys five options. Black Adam, a villain, is announced. CW Flash is entering its final season. Michael Keaton's standalone Batman movie is announced. Uh, Ben Affleck's return is announced. And Justice League 2 is announced. Now, these are all long shots, but I want to know what you guys think. Right now, about 4,300 of you guys have voted already. 32% of you are saying... Out of all these possibilities, Black Adam announcing a villain is the most likely. That's 32% of you guys. I am shocked to see that the second highest votes came for Ben Affleck returning. I think that is a pipe dream. Yeah. Uh, Never going to happen. You want to see me stand in the middle of a public square and piss myself? (laughs) Tell me Ben Affleck's coming back as Batman. (laughs) I will lose all control of my bodily fluids. But I just don't. That's just I just don't see that happening. God, it would be awesome if it did. But that's not. But still. Almost a little more than one out of every five of you think it is. Uh, next, in third place, CW's Flash is entering its final season. In fourth place, 15% of you guys are thinking that Justice League 2 is indeed coming. And coming in last, 14% of you are thinking they may announce a Michael Keaton standalone Batman movie. I will, of course, leave that poll up there on our uh, community tab. Go on in there and cast your vote, guys. And just give your thoughts at all on what's going on here with DC Phantom. It's only a couple of days away. Jump down into the comment section below. And let me John, know your thoughts. Yes. Can you tell the people out there, just in case they are not familiar with DC Phantom, how they can participate in DC oh. Phantom or how they can watch it? Oh, that's that's a very good thing to bring up. Okay, so for those of you who may not know, you might just be hearing about this a lot. Just go to dcfandom.com. There you go. And actually, I've got the schedule up here, which is at schedule.dcfandom.com. But it's simply dcfandom.com. Once you get there, you'll be able to see when you can uh, tune in and watch it. It's going to be all streamed for free. You don't have it's all free. This big event. Uh, so again, that's dcfandom.com. Go there, set your reminders, put it in your calendar, and that's how you're going to be able to go and see that. Thank you for reminding me of that, Aaron. You're very welcome. All right, guys. 
With all that down and out of the way, let's now go over and start taking your live <laughs> questions. I'm also going to turn on the air because it's getting hot in here. We're going to go over and start taking your live questions you guys have been sending in. Once again, if you want to get a question on the live part of the show, simply use the tip link in the top of the description of this video or simply go to it manually at streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll be getting your comment or question on the show if it's within reason and you'll be supporting the show at the same time. All right, guys, with that down let's start getting into your live questions and the first one we're going to start off with here is from man of steel rules who writes john i just dug my bowling ball out of the closet so that i'm meeting the regulations when i head down to the local theater to watch tenant of course what man of steel is referring to is the other day we talked on the show about how new york is saying it's okay it's, it's new york saying that bowling alleys are safer and more essential than movie theaters. Of course, my whole take on it was, look, if you want to say bowling alleys and theaters should be closed, I respect that. If you want to say they should both be open, I respect that. What I thought is ridiculous is to suggest that a bowling alley is either A, more essential than a movie theater, or B, less risk than a movie theater. I think it's completely the opposite, but hey, that's just me. All right, next up, uh, the not-so-great Gatsby. I like that name, writes, This week, 10 years ago, we were blessed with Nanny McPhee Returns, you know, which isn't as bad as some people make it out to be. Uh, Nanny McPhee Returns, Lottery Ticket, Piranha 3D, which was as bad as everybody thought it was, <laughs> uh, The Switch, not so bad, and Vampire Suck, and 20 years ago, we had The Cell, Godzilla 2000, whoo, with Hank Azaria, I think was in that one, uh, and the original Kings of Comedy, which is great how blessed were we and you guys have a blessed day yeah it's always funny when we look back at these 10 and 20 year anniversaries because inevitably something makes me feel dull this is one of those situations where every single movie listed is yep yep that one feels like it was 10 years ago and yep Mm -hmm. that one feels like it was 20 years ago especially the godzilla one man that that was a movie godzilla babies and everything godzilla 2000 was a movie that had a lot of promise it actually had a pretty good cast did not quite work out of course kings of comedy I really like that Man, one. the cell. that uh, With Jennifer Lopez. That's had some crazy costumes in it. The costume design. I, I, I want to say it was actually nominated for an Academy Award for costume design. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Oh, it was incredible. I, no, no I, you know what? I'm going to go so far as to say it was. Let me just pull it up here because I want to know this for sure. But I'm going to say absolutely it was nominated for costume design, some kind of visuals, whatever. Yeah, it really cool visual effects. For one Academy Award best makeup. It was nominated for best makeup. Really? Um, uh, not costume design though, but it was. That's I mean, twenty years makeup. later, I didn't even see the movie. But twenty years later, the thing that I know about the cell is that it had incredible costume design. So whoever designed the costumes, you got robbed. It was a visually impressive movie. Yes, it, it was. was a very visually impressive movie. All right, next up, Ready Teddy Seti writes, "Hey John, I believe we'll be getting a Green Lantern announcement on Saturday. Why do you treat the Green Lantern show slash movie as an either or scenario? I've heard rumors that it's a movie and." And a show, the movie about Hal and John and the show Simon and Jessica, and they are both connected. I have not heard that uh, myself, so I don't know where you're getting that information from. So what we do know, here's the thing about Green Lantern. They announced a while ago that they were going to develop a Green Lantern show for HBO Max. The thing is, unlike other things that got announced, we've heard development and movement on other things. I haven't heard anything of any movement about a Green Lantern project. That doesn't mean it's not happening. It's just saying I haven't heard about anything happening on it yet. There could be tons of stuff going on behind the scenes. Then the question is, could it be a movie? Maybe they've changed focus and made it a movie. Maybe they're making a show. Here's the thing. 
I don't think we're going to get a movie and a show, although that is possible. Totally is. I'm not going to pretend it's not. It is possible. I don't think that's what they're going to do. It seems like they'd be getting ahead of themselves. They don't even know if they can make Green Lantern work at all. They tried Green Lantern once with Ryan Reynolds, which is, by the way, not as bad as I think some people make it out to be. It's it's bad. Don't get me wrong. It's bad. <laughs> but it's not as bad, I think, as some people make it out to be. But they've had one experience with Green Lantern. Didn't work. I don't think they're going to rush out to do a movie and TV thing at the same time before they proof it out. That seems to me like something old DC would have done, mm-hmm. not the new, more mature, more, more grounded DC. I think they'll do one or the other. But again, anything's possible, Ready, Teddy. Let, let's see what happens. All right. Next up, Scott Brown writes, I would like to recommend Voltron Legendary Defenders. I've seen the first couple of seasons on Netflix. It's done by the same studio that did Avatar The Last Airbender, and it is absolutely brilliant. It has some awesome action and great characters and is a vast improvement over the original. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Now, granted, you got to take that with a grain of salt that my first exposure to Voltron was the original animated thing, right? So that holds a very special place to me. Voltron on Netflix is actually really quite good. Now, I didn't see it past season two uh, for no reason. There's no reason I didn't see it past season two. I enjoyed what I saw, but I still kind of prefer the original Voltron. So that's that's just me. But you're right. That Voltron one is actually a quite good show, even if you weren't into the original stuff. All right. Willow writes, will you feel particularly disappointed uh, now if the DC fandom surprise panel does not turn out to be Henry Cavill coming back as Superman? I feel like Hawkeye right now. Don't give me hope. Um, So here's the thing. I don't think that uh, Henry Cavill is coming back as Superman. All right. Henry Cavill is coming back as Superman. That's already kind of been established. You know, we, we got the trades all reporting that Warner Brothers and Henry had already entered into talks, which means they want him and means he wants to do it. Now they're trying to work out the details. Uh, that he will be putting on the cape again. So if they don't announce this officially at DC Fandom, which I think they will, I'm not going to be terribly disappointed because even if they don't announce it, it doesn't change the fact that I believe it is happening. Um, I, I At this point to me, I think it's a foregone conclusion. The only question is, do they announce it at DC Fandom or not? So honestly, Aaron, I myself am not going to be terribly disappointed if they don't announce it i'll be a little disappointed but not terribly disappointed because i still think it's happening do you think if they don't announce henry cavill at dc phantom that that hurts the chances that it's actually happening no i don't i really don't i mean i i think that there's going to be other opportunities for um i mean so when are we talking about this happening Saturday. No, no. When, uh, sorry, sorry. When when are people speculating that he will be putting on the costume again? No idea yet. I mean, it could be appearing in the Black Adam movie because mm-hmm. remember, him and The Rock have the same manager. Um, there are also talks that <laughs> um, about maybe being in Flash with a okay. Flashpoint movie or J.J. Abrams has signed this massive deal 
And the word is that one of the things they've handed him is Superman, and he may want Henry Cavill for it. So it could be standalone Superman. Well, see that. Batman we'll see that Adam. that all affects it because yeah. you know if we're talking about him appearing in Black Adam, then you know the next major event that would happen where this kind of announcement could take place probably isn't until Comic Con of next year, right? I mean, if that's the case, then yes, if it's you know Black Adam or the Flash, things that are going to be filming right away, then certainly we would we would see an announcement but if it's a standalone film then there's really no reason for them to announce it this soon out the gate um so i sure, think but they announced the rock is black out of five i ago. know i know i know i know you're right but it, so if it, if i were being paid the big bucks to make the decisions then i would um if i were going to put money on it i would say an announcement this soon would totally be for an appearance in an, somebody else's film if they don't announce it i think that we could almost bet the house that um we're gonna have a standalone that's that's actually you know what that makes sense if they don't announce it, it i don't you know I, if I'm we don't announce it i'm calling it here we're gonna get a standalone I, I i'm gonna go with you they don't announce at dc fandom i think that almost guarantees he's getting a standalone movie and they're just not ready to announce it. I'm going to go with you on that. Uh, you, you got you won me over on that. All right, Brandon writes. DC fandom panels should be short. I don't care for onset stories and all that other stuff. I just want to see news and trailers. That's called a press release. Um, <laughs> even if it could be a press release, having a live announcement is special. Don't need any other baggage, just the news. See, here's the thing, Brandon. You sound just like these people I was talking to saying, no, 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 I don't want it to be longer than 10 minutes. Then as soon as that we saw they're having longer Q&As, they're all saying, oh, this is awesome that they're doing Q&As. I'm like, wait a minute. You're the same guy who was just saying you don't want it to be more than 10 minutes. But now that they're doing it, you say it's anyway. I think it is great that they're doing the extra stuff. It makes it again. They keep calling this thing a fan event. If all you're doing is press release announcements, it's not a fan event. It's a press event. By doing all this stuff they're doing on the second day, by doing actual fan interaction and having these Q&As, which I think is brilliant for them to do. To me, that's what takes this, it, at least for me, that is what takes it from being just a press event to being a true fan event. And I think this is a great move on the part of DC to do this. I think this elevates what DC fandom is, even if it is inexplicably three weeks later. But I think it's a great move regardless. And is fandom always exclusively online or is, or, or is that oh, just they've a COVID? Never, they've never had it before. Oh, this is a brand new thing. This is a brand new thing because of COVID. And uh, there's no Comic Con and right. Okay, so I wasn't sure if this was a multi-year event and that normally it's held in person, but now they're doing it online, or if this is just like every year they do this online. Oh, oh, interesting. Oh, good for them. Yep. No, they've never done this before. Um, okay, so Hansa, give me a second here. I just had a big jump. Um, That's okay. I'll just keep talking until you catch up. Well, like, then apparently we're going to probably see a Marvel fandom uh, coming hot on the heels because if this does well this year, then they're going to do it every year. If they're able to bring in advertising and find some some revenue source from this, then uh, we're, we're probably going to have Comic-Con, DC fandom, and Marvel fandom. Well, like, of course, Comic-Con did try to do it a few weeks ago. They did Comic-Con at home, but it was very ill-planned and very ill-prepared. And Although a couple of the panels they did were great like they did a boys season two uh hour-long panel which was awesome they, who did they, i just see was just announced is going to be joining the cast of the boys jensen ackles 
Yes. Which is great. So crazy. <laughs> from, from Supernatural. And awesome. And he's playing a Captain America type of figure. Isn't is, that Homelander? Isn't, no, that's the Superman kind of. Uh, Homelander is a Superman Okay, uh, Okay, got it, got it, got it. Maeve is obviously a Wonder Woman character. A-Train is obviously their Flash. Black Noir is their Batman. Got it, uh, okay. Deep is Aquaman. So he's like a Captain but, Yeah, he's going to be called, his character is going to be called Soldier Boy. Who was oh, obviously fought, Captain America? Who yeah. fought in World War II and was the the original superhero? Yeah, and uh, so it's like okay. So the funny thing is, is that Jensen Ackles, I, he was either the first runner up or like second runner up to be Captain America behind Chris Evans. So this is going to be a so really coming, fun project for him to work yeah, on. And of course, the showrunner of, of um, the boys was the guy who cast him and was the showrunner on Supernatural. Oh. And it's funny, uh, Eric Kripke actually put out a tweet that says, it is a weird lifelong dream of mine to give Jensen Ackles employment. And I'm going to be able to do it twice now. It was a great it was a great tweet. I absolutely loved it. That's wonderful. If you can be the actor that any showrunner says, uh, it's my dream, my dream to, to just continue person? to employ you. Good for you. That's right, wonderful. Let's move on here. Uh, Ryan Lohner writes, uh, I saw Paddington, um, and it was probably a mistake to wait this long, since after years of people talking about it as basically the Citizen Kane of kids' movies, I left thinking, really, that's it? At least Nicole Kidman is amazing in it. I'll tell you what, man, I'm not going to lie to you. I think Paddington, I'm not going to, no hyperbole, is awesome. Paddington 2 just as awesome and i say this without trying to be funny or hyperbolic or anything if they do make a paddington 3 and it is on the par level with paddington 1 and paddington 2 i am telling you right now it enters into the conversation for me if we're on the top five greatest trilogies of all time i'm not oh, even joking wow. i'm not it's that good am like, i gonna cry though is this like an up situation uh, no 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 it's or an inside out no, no, it's a really okay. feel good heartwarming good. charmingly funny okay good. i still remember uh john schnepp and i when he was still alive mm-hmm. we saw the trailers for paddington and we were like okay but he and i both went to, i had a plus one he was my plus one we went to go see the first paddington and we both came out and it was like one of those things where it's like you're both afraid to say how much you like it right <laughs> it's like hey that, that was pretty good yeah 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 that, that was pretty good i mean mm -hmm. I, I really like this thing oh yeah and this other part was great and back and forth and within 30 seconds we're both like oh my god i love this movie <laughs> and like bo both schnepp and i freaked out about it and then two was just so oh. uh it what is it if you're kind and polite the world will be right i mean just paddington <laughs> anyway it's i think we all need to watch paddington this weekend Brendan gleason who is one of oh, my favorite character actors in all of Hollywood? Brilliant in everything he, he does. He pops up in, in part two, and he's so good. Anyway, I, I'm I'm I, I'm sorry that you didn't like it as much as as I did, Ryan. And that's totally cool. All film subjective, so it didn't work for you as well, and that's fine. But I gotta tell you, I still I love those Paddington movies, man. All right, Canadian post singing posty, our friend who sent you. I don't know if you ever saw the singing video. Yes, I and did. He, oh my god, Twitter? he's I I'll he's brilliant. And then I started following him and his wife. Life is also incredibly talented. Yes, you have to follow this guy. Say his say his handle again. Uh, Canadian singing posty. Canadian singing posty. This man sits in his postal truck and, and sang for us. And it is like I'm like 
Lin Manuel Miranda. I ta- I actually tagged Lin Manuel Miranda and Ava DuVernay and a friend of mine who's a casting director in New York because he's in Toronto. Uh, the, the the sector is in Toronto and I said you guys you gotta hire this guy he's amazing and his wife is also an incredibly talented singer and they sing together and if you want so this weekend's homework for everyone if you're in a bad mood if you watch the news if you if you're on social media and you're just about to fling yourself out a window watch Paddington per John Campia and watch the Canadian singing posty that is my recommendation. Right, now, let's actually get to his question. Oh, yes. And his actual question is, hey, John, this weekend my wife and I went to the Hammer, that is Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, uh, to see friends who showed us places where they filmed Umbrella, Umbrella Academy Season 2 in the 60s. So cool. Also, on Friday, are you going to binge Part 1 of Season 5 for Loose for All Day? I probably am. You know, it's funny how much stuff actually shoots in Hamilton. Because I remember when people first talked me into checking out Titans, I'm, I remember watching the opening scene, I'm like, that looks like Hamilton. And sure mm. enough, I looked it up online. They shot most of it. It's crazy how many shows they shoot in Hamilton now, which is kind of nuts. But yes, I may even, I might binge it and take a break in binging to do the John Campus show, but I might just cancel the John Camp. I, I don't know that yet. Keep an eye on the social, on the co- community tab um, today here on the YouTube channel. But I may skip doing the show tomorrow just so I can binge watch uh, Lucifer. We'll have to wait and see. And of course, see Aaron on Lucifer. Yeah, Hamilton uh, is actually where my uh, recently departed friend Nick Cordero is actually yeah, from. Yeah, you know what? Which was which was really weird because, of course, we a lot of us had followed in the news about Nick's, you know, him him battling the COVID and the, all the the uh, implications of COVID that he had, mm-hmm. and sadly he passed away. And it was really weird because I. I remember like you and Tom were friends with him and his family and seeing it on CNN as they were covering his battle. It's crazy. But when he passed away, I was on Facebook and I saw all these people I know in Hamilton posting about Nick. And it was through that that I realized that he was from my hometown. I had oh, I didn't realize that you're from Hamilton. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's why. Why did I think that you were from Saskatchewan? No, no, I lived in Saskatchewan for oh, okay. I'm a Hamilton, Ontario kid. That's that's the Hammer is my hometown. It is the greatest city in the world, and where I might be moving. And so, again, where you might, and so I start seeing all these friends I knew. Like I've got this one uh, friend of mine. Her name's Sherry, who's also a singer. And I remember seeing her specific. She sang with him, and I I saw. Wait, her name is Sherry, and was she in Rock of Ages? I no, because Sherry is the name of the lead character in Rock of ages no, which no, nick sherry was in so that would have been really crazy Sh- sherry is still sherry. her name's sherry dunn she's still in hamilton but i remember seeing her and other friends of mine posting about say i had no idea he was from hamilton a lot of people i knew apparently knew him and then yep. you obviously knew him quite well and mm-hmm. uh there you go all right next up ready teddy said he writes uh john you gave up on perry mason too soon not to write any spoilers but i was thrown by the whole private eye thing the first season is actually an origin story about how he becomes a private eye and trust me the story picks up i mean i don't know man i i was very excited about perry mason uh number one because it's hbo and they are the best at doing series television they they are just the best yeah and I like the actor who was in the lead and I'm a sucker for Perry Mason because like my mom used to watch reruns when I was a kid of Perry Mason and I would watch it and I'm a big sucker for these. Like, I don't care if it's Matlock or Perry Mason. I'm, I'm a sucker for legal procedural. <laughs> Murder, she wrote. Yeah, I'm a sucker for that stuff. And or even Lucifer, which falls in the tradition of murder of the week kind yep. of stuff, right? I'm a real fan of that kind of stuff. 
I just thought it was poorly done. Mm. Like, it did throw me for a loop that this is not Perry Mason. I mean, he's not even a lawyer. And, and I can get by that. But nothing about this character reminds me anything about Perry Mason at all, which, which is fine. It's a new character. But I just didn't like the show. And so I got three episodes in and then I ditched. So I don't know. Have you watched Perry Mason at all? I have no interest in it. There's absolutely nothing about it that makes me go, oh, yeah, that's something that I want to check out. I mean, if I'd heard uh, I'm a big fan of word of mouth, you know, Mm. so if I, I like to hear if other people are saying, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. That's usually how I find shows that I get intrigued by because there's so many things to watch that I just don't want to. I mean, I feel the same way about television that I felt about dating. Like, unless I know that this is going to be a good time, unless I know it's going to be a good time, I just don't want to <laughs> waste my time, you know, so like I like sloppy seconds. You know what? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry. I, I I don't know. I'm just. But that's that is actually a, a, kind of a crazy thing because in all the years that I knew you, I really, I never knew if you even dated much. Like that. Like I was all, very stealth about it. Yeah, you were because like I suddenly like I knew about some of your older relationships. Like I I knew about some of your past relationships. Mm-hmm. Which we won't mention, but I knew about some. I don't even know who you know about, but we'll talk about that afterwards. Oh, I I, I know about a couple of the show business related ones. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that shall that we, we shall remain, we will definitely we will not, not no. talk about on here. Yeah, but, like I knew about those ones, but like I remember always wondering, like, even when I would go over to your house to watch your appearance on one of the shows or one uh-huh. of your shows, I'd be like, okay, so who here is she? Is she seeing? Is she? And I'm trying to play this uh-huh. game with myself. Who's she seeing? And it's just like. Tom kind of came up once and then you were engaged. <laughs> right. So, like, so you were always very on the down low about the relationships you were in and stuff like that. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I Well, because I'm, I'm also like I was not one of these people that was like a perpetual girlfriend. In fact, right. I told no, Tom, yeah. I told Tom on like probably the second week that we were dating. I said, here's the deal. I like you a lot and I want to see where this is going. So I'm going to do something that I never that I normally don't do. And so maybe Maybe this is going to work out in my favor, but I'm going to stop dating everybody else. Because I said, you know, like sometimes when you're dating around, you know, you have a we call it the rotation, you know, where, you know, you have a couple people that you are dating or whatever and hanging out with and seeing if something works out better than something else. And so I said to him, I said, I know neither of us were expecting this development in our friendship to happen. So I know you're dating people and I have a couple people that I've been seeing, but I'm going to not date anybody else. I'm cutting everybody else off of my romantic life and I'm going to focus on you. And I'm not expecting you to say that you're my boyfriend. I'm not expecting you to be committed to me right away. But all I ask is that if at any time you ever get to a point where you don't see us potentially having a future, just let me know. Don't waste my time. I said, because I am not interested in having a boyfriend for five years. I want to get married. I want to have kids, maybe with you, maybe not with you, but that's where I'm going. And if that's not where you're going, or you know, that's not where you want to go with me, just let me lose. So I think that's also part of the reason is I kind of like, if it wasn't working with someone after a couple months, I was like, peace, bye-bye, don't waste my time. 
And I won't waste yours. Uh, speaking of your time, we kept you over time. We were what? But I'm having such so fun. Um, Joey, it's time to say goodbye. Joey's Joey's laying down by my Joey, do you want to say goodbye to the people? She's like, fuck off, yeah, bitch. She, she's like just sleeping by my feet. That's now. the look that she gives me when I try to take her for a walk before 9 a.m. Um, or, or when I try to get up before 9 a.m. <laughs> Listen, thank you for being here. Of course, everybody oh, so can see you. So much fun today. On, everybody can see you on Lucifer starting tomorrow. Yeah. You'll be playing Mandy on Lucifer. On episode um, two. But other than than that where can people follow you in your adventures online oh my goodness if you're not a racist and you're not an asshole i would love for you to come visit and chat with me on instagram or twitter at aaron l cummings all right aaron thanks a lot for being here and we'll of Thank course you. see you again later bye all right guys uh for now though we still have some time left here let's get through as many of your questions as we can before we wrap up here today we're going to keep things going here with alan who writes Hi, John and crew. I saw an article that mentioned that Lawrence Fishburne wasn't even asked to come back for Matrix 4 as Morpheus. Isn't that kind of disrespectful? And what do you think? I would love to see Morpheus make a return. Hashtag Team Godzilla. Team Kong, man. Team Kong. All right. Honestly, um, no. Here's the thing. You, you know what the filmmakers of Matrix owe Lawrence Fishburne, who I love. I love Lawrence Fishburne. You know what they owe him? They owe him a paycheck for the work that he does. That's what they owe him. They don't owe him a role in Matrix 4. It is not disrespectful. Listen, the characters, the movies are not there to serve the actors. The actors are there to serve the characters, and the characters are there to serve the movie. And if the movie they came up with, if the story they have does not include Morpheus, then you don't go, oh, well, it'll be disrespectful of us not to have Lawrence Fish. No, no. The actor is there to serve the character, and the character is there to serve the story. And if the story doesn't have a need for the character, for whatever reason, only the, the writers know what that reason might be, then you would be doing a disservice to the movie by forcing in the Morpheus character. Now, Morpheus is my favorite character in The Matrix. Lawrence Fishburne is one of my favorite actors. By the way, if you hadn't seen him in Hannibal, mm, he's so good in Hannibal. Anyway, um, but Honestly, the movie comes first. The movie is the most important thing. The story is the most important thing. And if the story doesn't include that character, then you don't force that character in just so you can force in an actor. So, no, I I was surprised last year. When we talked about this last year when it came out that Lawrence Fishburne wasn't going to be in Matrix 4. I was surprised by that. But do I find that in any way disrespectful to the character? No. No, they don't owe Lawrence Fishburne anything. If they need him and he wants to be in it, then they owe him a paycheck if he wants to do it. But he doesn't owe it to them to be in a Matrix 4 if he doesn't want to be in it. And they don't owe it to him to put him in the movie if they don't have a need for the character. So anyway, that's just kind of the way I see it, Alan. And we'll see how it kind of comes around. All right. The Sock writes. Um, was, are we on the right spot? Yes, we are. The Sock writes. Hey, just wanted to make everyone aware uh, when this uh, this. Let me try this again. Just wanted to make everyone aware of this when going to buy a ticket for AMC. Make sure you reactivate your plan before trying to purchase. Otherwise, it will keep saying verification needed. It was very frustrating because their help center was closed. Yeah, a lot about AMC theaters. A lot of theaters are still closed, even though they're opening for tickets right now. I actually ended up paying for my ticket for new mutants because again rob and i are driving to las vegas on thursday so we can go see new mutants at the amc theater out there but i did not get a free ticket with my a-list 
I chose not to reactivate my A-list yet because I honestly don't know if they're going to show one movie and then everything's going to shut down again. So I chose, you know what? I'll just pay the the 11 bucks for my ticket. I'll just pay the 11 bucks for my ticket and I'm going to leave my A-list deactivated for now. So I'm not paying for it right now. Um, so that was the choice I made, but for different people, made different things, but that's a really good thing to bring to people's awareness. Sock. Thank you for putting that in there, man. That's very considerate of you. All right. And not as your rights. For those of you who wanted more story after the Angel series finale, Joss Whedon co-wrote an awesome follow-up comic called After the Fall. I heard, I've never read it myself. So we were talking about uh, the Buffy spinoff show Angel, which I actually thought was better than Buffy, but I know that puts me in the minority and that's fine. But uh, I really like the Angel series, but it had a very weird ending because they only found out with a few episodes left to go in their season and they thought they were getting another season that that was going to be their final season. So they had to wrap up the whole show in just a few episodes. And so Angel ends off on this cliffhanger that was kind of weird as a finale. Anyway, you're right. I had heard that Whedon then wrote a follow-up comic. I'd never read it myself, but thanks for reminding me about that, Anonymous. I should probably go check that out. All right, Eduardo O'Neill writes, I wish we could hear about a new movie slash TV project for the first time when production is not far off from starting. Hearing about grand projects years out for half of them to get canceled along the way is not fun. Can you tell me the disadvantages to this? There's not disadvantages to it. The problem is just impossible to do it. Look, for something the scale of, say, Avengers 5, okay, let's just take Avengers 5 as an example. As a hypothetical example, the world wants to know about Avengers 5 and the sheer number of people like you're if you're shooting a little Anna goes to lunch movie. Okay, let's say you're making a little movie, a little indie film called Anna goes to lunch. There might be 20 people who know about it in the studio that have greenlit it, everything. The director knows about it. The writers know about it. The studio executive knows about it. Their assistants know about maybe 20 people. Because it's a little film, whatever. Event, and nobody cares about Anna Goes to Lunch. The movie might turn out to be great, but right now nobody cares about it in advance. You make an Avengers 5 that the whole world wants to know about. And on top of that, a lot more people need to be in the loop. So instead of maybe 20 people knowing about Anna Goes to Lunch, the movie, there's probably going to be hundreds of people that have to be brought in on the approval processes, the budgeting, and then you have to start booking. Like we may not start shooting this thing for another year, but we have to book our crew and our talent and everybody involved in this movie. We have to book them now for a year in advance to make sure they are booked and they've got their schedules blocked off to make Avengers five. So now you have hundreds and hundreds of people who know about it and a world that wants to know about it. It's not a matter of the studio not putting out a press release. It's a matter of the studio needs to keep be ahead of it before it just leaks because someone's going to find out. Somebody at the Hollywood Reporter with all of their contacts is going to find out. Somebody at Variety with all of their contacts is going to find out. Somebody at Deadline or The Wrap or some or some website coming soon or somebody like that just happens to know somebody that knows somebody. They're going to find out. And so studios want to stay ahead of it. So no, there's no drawback to keeping it quiet. And I think you'll see, Eduardo, that a lot of movies we don't find out about until they go into production. There's a lot of announcement that comes out that's like, oh, hey, just got announced that this movie has has gone into production on something. It's going to be a movie about this, this, and this. 
but it's a smaller project, one that not as many people are ravenously interested in. And so, oh, that's when we first find out about it, when it either starts shooting or is about to start shooting. But for big, big, major projects, it's very, very difficult to keep that under wraps because more people want to know about it and more people have to be in the loop about it just to prepare for it. So it's, uh, again, no disadvantages, but that's why it happens. That's why it happens. And that's why it's always going to kind of happen that way. All right. Uh, Dark Knight Rises writes. Is it me or does it seem many American stars really can't do British accents at all when their characters demand it, i.e. Kevin Costner in Robin Hood, Robert Redford in Out of Africa, William Hurt. Actually, I don't think William Hurt's all that bad at it. Anyway, uh, yet the British have no trouble with American accents. I, I, you know what, Dark Knight Rises? I disagree. I have heard, I've seen many actors who have played British characters And then I heard them do an interview and I'm gone. Holy crap. They don't have a British accent. I didn't even realize they don't have a British accent. Just like I see a lot of British actors play North American characters. And then I hear them do an interview where they actually speak. This happens with James McAvoy a lot with me where they speak in their actual accent. I'm like, holy crap. I didn't even know. But I've seen it work both ways. I think the very fact that you have to go back 30 years to a Kevin Costner and Robin Hood example it kind of proves the point that normally it's not an issue. There are examples of Australian and British actors who do American accents where I can tell that's not their thing. And there are some examples where American actors do a British accent where you can tell it's not their thing. But for the most part, I find actors on both sides of it actually do a pretty good job of it. So that's just kind of my thought on it. At any rate, Dark Knight Rises. Thanks for sending that in. All right. Orange Hand writes, I don't know if you're a history buff. Uh, I kind of am. Uh, but is there any period of history or any historical figure you'd like to see a movie about? I'd like to see Ridley Scott go back uh, to Tripoli Project uh, that fell through before he did Kingdom of Heaven. I'm, you know, I, there are certain elements of history that I love. Particularly, I am fascinated with the Roman Empire. Now, I initially got really fascinated with the Roman Empire because I was a seminary student. I was obviously studying the history of New Testament and all that kind of stuff when I was studying Greek and blah, blah. So I really became quite fascinated with the Roman Empire. And so I think we've had some television, like HBO shows Rome and, and things like that. We've had stuff like that, but I'm always a sucker for a really good thing that focuses on certain periods within the Roman Empire. So you do anything like that, you instantly get my attention. All right. An anonymous viewer writes, will we uh, will we hear anything about Michael Keaton coming back as Batman during fandom? I'm assuming slim to none because that would really overshadow Battinson and Cavill. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't at all. And here's why. Um, I do think we'll hear something about him because it's already been announced, right? The reports have already come out that Michael Keaton is going to be reprising the cape and cowl, but we don't know if it's going to be for a five minute appearance in something, a 30 second appearance in something or a 20 minute appearance. We just don't know that yet. So I think there's a there's an okay chance that something about Michael Keaton uh, as Bruce Wayne gets mentioned at DC fandom that will not overshadow either Battinson or Henry Cavill because of this. For those people watching this who are like 35 and older, Michael Keaton Batman's a big deal. But there's a lot of people that are like, say, 30 or younger 
that have never seen the Michael Keaton Batman movie. And when they think of Batman, they don't think of Michael Keaton. That's just the reality of it. I'm not saying that's the way it should be. I'm just saying that's kind of, I mean, everybody knows Michael Keaton played Batman, but for a lot of people, the first Batman they saw on the big screen was not Michael Keaton's Batman. So I don't think Michael Keaton as Batman, while it'll be huge to people like me, I don't think it would be bigger than Battinson, and I don't think it would be bigger than Henry Cavill. I, I certainly don't think it would overshadow Robert Pattinson as Batman. I certainly don't think it would overshadow Henry Cavill as Superman. Um, so I, I don't think that would be a problem, but I expect that there will be. Not guaranteed, and again, we don't know if it'll be a cameo or whatever, but I expect there, there will be some mention of him at it. To what degree, I'm not sure, but I expect there will be something. All right. I'm Batman writes. I feel like your campy classroom should have its own segment, like like what uh, late night show hosts do with music and graphics. Maybe I will. Maybe at some point I will. Maybe we should make the whole the whole uh, campy classroom uh, thing an actual thing we do. I don't know. I, I like doing it. I, I think it's I think it's cool to kind of organize thoughts that way as we're doing the show. But hey, that's just me. All right. Uh, let's move on here. Thank you for that. I'm Batman. All right. Next up, we got Jay Bling writes. I realized what I think is my biggest issue with the new Star Wars movies. Where <laughs> where was the Enterprise? How could you do Star Wars movies without the Enterprise? Joke inspired by Aaron's prank from last year. For those of you who don't know what Jay Bling is talking about, Aaron and I put up a, a it's I segmented this out, and put it up on the YouTube itself. Aaron, when Aaron, me and Chris Carr were doing an episode together, Aaron got me really good because I thought I was going to fall out of my chair because we were talking about something Star Trek related. And she said, mentioned something Star Wars. I said, no, no, you're thinking about Star Wars. She goes, aren't they the same thing? And I thought I, I thought I was going to have a stroke. I was like, oh, like I almost died. Uh, and then she let us in on the. But uh, yeah, that. Oh, my God. I it's been a long time since I've been got that good it's been a long time since i've been got that good all right andy hong writes one of three hey john when you were doing the feeding america marathon and again thank you to everybody who contributed to that i donated 500 wow you did uh, that's crazy i donated 500 and asked you what direction jensen ackles i remember this what direction jensen ackles career would go after supernatural ends with the recent casting of him and the boys i wanted to say i called it you did because i remember one of the things you you, you gave a number of options, if I remember correctly, and one of them was, hey, Eric is now show running the boys. Maybe he ends up over there. Uh, took three guesses at what route was likely to have chosen, but I'm most happy that he chose this versus the other two, Arrowverse and Doom Patrol. However, I would have liked for him to do what you suggested to do that what you suggested as well do smaller indie projects uh and work his reputation up by the way if kripke could also uh get jared misha and mark shepherd on the boys with jensen and jim beaver he could make a spin-off of them and call it hello boys sam and dean would go from hunting the supernatural to hunting soups yeah i don't think that's gonna happen i remember that you specifically threw out there as one of the possibilities of going to work with eric kripke again and uh and lo and behold, here we are. Now, I do not think, I mean, Jared's already got another show lined up with uh, Walker, uh, Texas Ranger. Uh, Mark Shepard is already on Doom Patrol, although he only has a recurring character. He only pops up once in a while. He's not on every episode, um, but he's on that. I don't know what else Misha's doing, but you got to be careful because then at some point it becomes, it feels like a shtick. 
It feels a little too gimmicky. Like for him to have Jensen come over, that's cool. For him to have Jensen and Jared come over, that would be a little silly, I think. But at any rate, you're absolutely right, Andy. You did call it. And uh, at least one of your options. And here we are not so long later. So well said, my friend. Uh, Take your victory lap because you deserve it. You earned it. All right. Alan Dale writes. How likely do you think the 2022 Oscars could increase the nominees for each category if the 2021 Oscars are canceled? For example, five increases to seven and 10 to 12 nominees due to the sheer numbers. I think fairly good. I think the chances of that are good because, look, if New Mutants can come out and if Tenet can comes out and then more movies move release dates earlier to take advantage of theaters starting to reopen. I think there is a good shot that the Oscars happen uh, in, I think was where the schedule right now, April. Um, I think they happen on schedule, but right now there's a good chance the Oscars don't happen at all for this coming year. If that happens and they have to cancel the Oscars until the following year, I think there's a decent chance they increase for one year and one year only. They increase the number of nominees for each category because, you know, a lot of them didn't have a chance. I don't think they go from five nominees to 10, but I think what you're saying, Alan, makes makes a lot of sense. Increase for one year only five best actor nominees to seven or eight because we've got to accommodate for an extra year that didn't get in here. Um, I think that would make sense. And I think if the Oscars do get canceled in 2021, which is very possible, then I do think they expand temporarily the number of nominees for each category. And I think that would be the right thing to do. It's well thought out there, Alan. All right. An anonymous viewer writes, hey, John and gang, years ago, I Googled who owned Harry Potter, Warner Brothers, of course. Uh, A while ago, I heard you say it would be going to Peacock because Disney or NBC now owns the rights. My question is, who will be receiving that additional 13 million um, Warner Brothers or NBC? Okay, let's break this down. Because there's, there's some misunderstanding here. That $13 million that our anonymous viewer is talking about is Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, depending on uh, which country you're talking about, just re-released in China and had like a huge $13 million opening weekend in China. And that 13 point something million dollars pushed it over the billion dollar mark. So we have a new Harry, we have a Harry Potter movie is the newest member of the billion dollar club, even though it's been many years since it's been out. So there's an extra $13 million. So asking who gets that $13 million? Well, here's the thing. NBC does not own Harry Potter. Let's be very, very clear about that. Harry Potter is still for the most part owned by JK Rowling, but all the film rights and everything that's owned by Warner brothers. Okay. Then why is the Harry Potter movies now on NBC Peacock? Because they got the streaming rights. They they acquired the streaming rights, at least a license that is finite. It's not permanent. I don't know how many years it's for, whether it's for one year, three years, five years. I don't know. But it is a temporary license, right? They have a temporary license. But for example, NBC and Universal right now do not have the rights to say, make a new Harry Potter movie if they wanted to. They, they, NBC Universal does not have the rights to make a Harry Potter movie or make a Harry Potter show. They simply have the streaming rights, a lease on them, a license to temporarily have them on their streaming service, but that license will eventually run out. 
And then it goes back uh, over to Warner Brothers and will pop up on HBO Max. So, yes, that's all it is. That's all it is. So the primary recipients of that 13 million extra dollars they just made in China are J.K. Rowling and Warner Brothers. That's who gets that money. All right. Next up, James Germain writes, hey, John, saw on your Twitter that you got to see Lovecraft County. I keep saying county. It's country. Lovecraft country. I keep saying Lovecraft county for some reason. Uh, One question. What happens when you get bit by a vampire? LOL. Keep it filthy. I'll tell you what. I was. If you have not seen episode one of Lovecraft country yet, I highly recommend it. Um, I was a few days late. Decided to check it out because I heard a bunch of people say they really like it. I was also interested because Anne's friend, Jamie Chung, is in this show, although she wasn't. She doesn't appear in the first few episodes. Um. But I heard a lot of you guys say it was really good. So I checked it out and I thought it was great as there is, this is weird. And I, I can't explain this. I got into a conversation with somebody online about this, but there is a car chase scene. I'm not going to give anything away, but there is a car chase scene with two cars driving the speed limit and it was thrilling like had me gripping my seat and like uh, the tension and the thrill of it two cars strict strictly driving the speed limit and they made it so it was absolutely exciting and thrilling all at the same time i couldn't believe it and then they get to some stuff at the end of the episode i'm like oh my god i cannot wait for the next episode it's really good if you haven't seen it yet do check it out. Thanks for that, James. All right, next up. We just have a couple of minutes left here, guys. Ted Lasso writes, Hey, John, I think you should really give my show a chance. That's right. There's a new show called Ted Lasso with that I know nothing about other than the fact that it's on Apple TV. Other than that, I know nothing about it. Uh, I think you should really give my show a chance. I play an American football coach who gets a job managing an English Premier Soccer League team. Really? Is that what it's about? Oh, by the way, uh, we are on Apple TV, not HBO Max. As far as you know, uh, you can get Apple TV on Roku. Yes, I have Apple TV, as a matter of fact, because I got a year of Apple TV plus for free because I bought an iPad and I didn't realize. So I bought an iPad and like two weeks later, I get this email from Apple saying, Hey, because you made a qualifying purchase, you get a free year of Apple TV plus, which I wasn't even planning on watching. But then I saw for all mankind and I saw a morning show and they're both great. Next up for me on Apple TV plus is that Chris Evans show that I've heard is really good. And I haven't watched it yet. Um, but yeah, I, I know nothing about this Ted Lasso show. I know nothing about I haven't seen a preview for it. I haven't seen a trailer for it. Not a thing. But, but maybe I'll have to at least go and watch the, the uh, trailer for it. I'll keep my eye open for that. All right. Ura Boomer writes, uh, I agree that HBO Max should really be on Roku, but I don't think you realize that you already have it. If you pay for HBO, you can get max automatically same email same password the app is also on xbox and ps4 so you can watch it anytime you're welcome nah not interested no i said this before look i know there are ways we've talked about this several times already keep up uh there are ways to get access to hbo max on a roku right now you can sideload it as a third-party extension on another app for instance i believe hulu for example you can add hbo max to hulu as a third-party application buried within hulu Um, and i think there's one or two other ways to do it as well here's the thing 
it's just a matter of I've become accustomed to the convenience of how I look the way I Roku. I turn on my Roku. There are my channels. I just select what I want to watch. And there I go. I even canceled stars. Like I used to have stars because or Showtime, I should say. I used to have Showtime because I the reason I got Showtime was because I used to like to watch uh, um, Ray Donovan. I love Ray Donovan. I love I love that Leah Schreiber show. I, lo- I love Ray Donovan anyway. But I had to side install it at the time through my Amazon app, right? So I had to get it, but as an add-on to Amazon. And so whenever I wanted to watch Ray Donovan, first world problems to the extreme. Whenever I wanted to watch Ray Donovan, I had to go into Roku, then go into my, uh, my Amazon Prime app, then go into my uh, channels thing. And then one of the things would appear is Showtime, then click on Showtime, and then I'd be in a Showtime environment where I could pick what I wanted to watch on Showtime. And I'm like, meh, everything else is just too easy. And I eventually canceled Showtime because I'm like, nah, I can't be bothered to do it that way. Listen, my whole thing is this. As HBO, and they will be fine. HBO Max is going to be fine. It's going to be great. And eventually they will be on Roku. And I, and I look forward to that day. But as a Roku customer... If HBO Max's message to me is you're not important to us to make sure we're on Roku, you Roku customers, you're not important enough to us to do what we need to do to make sure our app is on Roku so you have the easiest customer experience with our app as possible. You're not important enough to us to do it. So my attitude is, okay, HBO Max, if I as a consumer am not important enough to you to make sure that my experience using your app is the easiest and most convenient way to do it by putting it on Roku. If I'm not important enough to you, then you're not important enough to me to sign up for you. It's just that simple. So I don't owe HBO Max or Disney Plus or any streaming service anything. I'm the customer. It's my money. And if you're going to say I'm not important enough to you, okay, then I'm not going to pay you your money. But I, again, long term, it's all going to be fine. HBO Max is going to be great. They're going to be on Roku. They're going to be on Amazon Fire Stick. All this will get worked out, but I'll wait until they do get it worked out. Once they tell me as a Roku customer, as a Roku using customer, that I'm valuable and important enough to them that they're going to make sure they give me the user experience that I get to have with Disney Plus, the user experience I get to have with Netflix, the user experience I get to have with Hulu. Once they tell me that as a Roku customer, I'm significant enough that they want to give me that same convenience of a user experience as I get with all those other things, then I'll become a customer of HBO Max. Until then, I'll just wait. But that's just me. All right, guys, that will do it for today's installment of the John Campia Show. There are a bunch of other questions still to come here, guys, from uh, Nightman, Ryan Lohner, BC33, and others. Do not worry, guys. We're going to get to your questions first on the next show. So the next show we do, we're going to start off with your questions, and we'll make sure we get all caught up. So there's that. Guys, special thank you to all of you who did send in questions. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel while you did it, and all of us here Thank you guys very much for that. Uh, That will do it for me for now, guys. Thank you so much for being here. My name is John Campion. Guys, do the main four things. Stay smart, stay safe, take care of yourselves. For God's sakes, please take care of the people around you. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye.